people hopefully we're going to the winner's circle this weekend because uh, it's week 16 and welcome uh, obviously if you're here you must have won last week which means you are playing in a final this weekend congratulations uh, I'm playing in a couple myself uh, well f- four four leagues I got a chance to win this weekend so I was hoping for more I was hoping uh, really I was hoping I'd be in about seven finals um, Maybe even eight uh, two weeks ago, but had a had a rough wild card round. Uh, lost some of my buys that I thought I was going to have in week thirteen, and you know so things haven't gone particularly well. Lost a ton of players over the last two weeks. Sorry if you guys are in uh, a similar situation. I'm going to be playing one final against Leo Pasiga, and I'm, it's a really deep format, fourteen team league with these crazy rosters, and I'm going to be down Evans, probably Damian Williams and uh, Evan Ingram, a couple other people. So that's going to be tough, and I'm trying to defend a title there. Uh, in two of my finals, I'm going up against Jim Hackett. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, my partner uh, looking to steal my action in two leagues, and he's going to have the edge in both of them, unfortunately. Uh, I will be without Chris Godwin uh, and Dalvin Cook, uh, among some others, uh, in one league where I'm trying to go for the fourth straight title. It's going to be brutal watching that one go down. Uh, and then in the uh, Beantown Brawl going up against Hackett, and in that one, lost Rashad Penny and uh, might be without Jacobs this week. So that that could end up being tough too. Um, but, you know, it's better to be in finals with uh, perhaps less than 50% odds than to not be in finals. So we know there are other scenarios and they are worse. So... Um, Overall, I'm pretty psyched uh, about this week. Definitely going to be doing the normal DFS workload as well. Um, and one quick note: uh, I've been trying real hard not to hammer this constantly to be, you know, putting it at the begin and end the podcast and just like making this all about money. But um, for Rotobond to continue, uh, we're going to need support from our readers and our listeners. Um, so for those of you who are listening and who have not donated, um, look. <laughs> you know, you're in the finals. We must have done okay by you this year. Uh, so if, you know, if Rotobon's something you want to continue to partake of, uh, please support the site uh, because it's something we need. Uh, you know, I think you guys know where it's at, but if you go to the Rotobon homepage, top right, uh, just hit the donate button and uh, use whatever medium works for you. Uh, again, it's something that the site really needs uh, if we're going to continue on. Uh, this week is going to be a typical week with content. Uh, so just uh, anticipate the normal stuff. Uh, I will be putting the rankings up probably late since there's no Thursday night game. Uh, there's no reason to put up early initial rankings that lack injury information. So I will wait for all of the Thursday reports to come in before I start writing stuff up. Uh, so what we may see is like quarterbacks maybe going up Thursday night, the rest of the stuff going up uh, Friday. And uh, Jim Hackett and I will do a podcast on Friday. I'll have a normal DFS podcast this week. Probably not going to be on Saturday, though. If it is on Saturday, or you know what, that's not true. There will be a Saturday one, but what we may have to do is split the baby a little bit this week because we've got the three-game slate on Saturday and then the full slate on Sunday. Uh, so, I, you know, it's going to depend on how my week goes, 
how I, you know, how I decide to do it. We may just do everything on Saturday, but if there's a possibility that I may just do a, a quick Saturday slate breakdown on Saturday and then Sunday morning uh, drop the Sunday slate. It, it's just going to depend on how my week goes. Uh, but we're definitely covering the DFS stuff this weekend. Uh, next week is going to be a light week. Obviously, it's Christmas. I got a lot of family in town. Obviously, only a small percentage of people will be playing non-DFS. Having said that, I'm going to take care of you guys if you are in one of these leagues. All I ask from you is just promise me this. I'm going to do a waiver wire for you next week. What I need for you to do is to talk to your darn moron commissioners and make them promise never to schedule your final in week 17 again. It's just a travesty. Okay, that's all I'm doing on that. Um, so this week's normal. Next week's going to be a little different with, you know, a little bit of a light waiver wire probably just going to hit the key uh, points. There's no way to do a full week 17 waiver wire early in the week because you don't even know who's going to be playing. But we'll hit the guys who flashed. We'll hit anything key and obvious um, to help you guys with your pickups on Tuesday. Uh, and then uh, after that, we'll be moving into the off season. Uh, and again, one of the reasons I'm asking uh, for donations because this site doesn't shut down for six months. In fact, in a lot of ways, Rotobine cranks up uh, because I start doing a lot more uh, film breakdowns, a lot more in terms of, you know, writing. Um, and, you know, really for me, you know, I love fantasy football and I love the fantasy football season. But when it comes to my work, I enjoy the offseason even more because you get to follow your inspiration rather than just having to strap in and go, okay, it's waiver wire time. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's rankings time. You know, you, you get into, I mean, the rhythm's nice, but by the end of the season, you know, you're sick of writing waiver wires. You want to move on to something else. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, getting into the rookie film. For me, unwrapping the rookie film is like sort of like Christmas morning throughout January and February. Uh, those initial impressions, I really enjoy them. Um, so I can't wait for that. And what, But what we really can't wait for is to get you guys locked and loaded. Um, so hopefully we can bring home some hardware this weekend. Um, as I mentioned, over the last couple weeks, it's really been heartening, inspiring, just awesome uh, to see the traffic on the site and on the podcasts really just... I mean, it's going down, but very, very slowly. Um, I'm really hoping that when I see the numbers from today's podcast, it's going to be, uh, if it's even in the ballpark of last week's, so I'm going to be really excited just because it means we've got something to play for and it, it means you guys are doing well. Um, so let's get into this thing. Um, it's just going to be a typical waiver wire podcast, not probably a little bit of a short one, to be honest. Um, we're just going to go through quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends, and we'll get you guys out of here. I will be updating uh, and expanding the wire as always throughout the day. Um, one thing that's going on around here, and it's the reason I've been working on this uh, a little bit early today, um, there is potential power outages in my area. So if for some reason I disappear off the grid, you have my apologies, but it means I'm sort of working through a little bit of an emergency situation. I've got my uh, elderly parents who live up the road. So if we're dealing with blackouts down here, it's possible that at some point today I'm off the grid. So uh, pre-apologies, there's probably about a 10% chance of that, and hopefully less. Uh, I really don't want to be dealing with generators and crap today. I really don't. Um, anyway, let's. Uh, this is not a particularly hot waiver wire week. Not a ton of stuff went down. Obviously, we're going to get to the Dalvin Cook thing uh, and a couple other things, but mostly this is uh, par for the course kind of stuff. Uh, at, the, at the quarterback spot, um, you know, Fitzpatrick's the hot guy. He'll be where, what everybody's telling you to do. I agree. I think, you know, this week with that matchup, um, 
you know, the Bengals are obviously, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. He's got Parker back. Um, it was nice to see Albert Wilson, who's a big play threat, actually playing more than 50% of the snaps really for the first time all year. So that Dolphin team, you know, now they've got three solid targets in that scheme with, with Gusecki also coming on. Uh, so uh, Fitzpatrick, absolutely a dangerous guy this week uh, in that plus matchup. Jacoby Brissett, also dangerous this week in a plus matchup with Hilton back. Uh, I threw Greer on as the third quarterback. Obviously, he's not the third best potential pickup in most scenarios, but he's just the one guy that I figured people didn't know about. Um, So Kyle Allen obviously has been bad. Um, I know some people like want to like talk about him like he's good because he's had some great fantasy days. Um, But you know, He's a bad quarterback. He's not good, not NFL caliber. The idea that people are talking about him as being better than Newton or being next year's starter is just, it's comedy. It's just it's just fucking stupid. Um, so, you know, now is Greer worse? Maybe. We don't know. I mean, it, obviously he hasn't been out practicing uh, Allen. Now, you know, what we get with Allen is a guy who can deliver a ball occasionally, and um, he didn't kill uh, the receivers, but he absolutely did kill Samuel. Um, so... The thing with Greer is, you know, when he gets a rhythm going, he's a pretty good timing guy, uh, and he could be a decent fit for this offense. So um, if you are hurting in a big league for some reason, if you were riding Allen, obviously, as your QB2 in a super flex or a 2QB, um, get on the Greer train early this week, and you can fix your problem. Um, and, you know, then the other thing that with Greer is I think Greer probably is an upgrade for a guy like Samuel uh, and probably an upgrade for most of the guys in this offense. I just think he's a better thrower of the ball. Uh, and he's got some gumption to him. Will Greer is a guy who, you know, he'll, he's a little bit of a rah-rah guy, but not necessarily, you know, not in a bad way. Um, uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be on the list. Uh, you know, obviously he's got a, uh, a bit of a tough matchup uh, this week. Uh, you know, it's funny. I know it's tough, but off the top of my head I forgot it, and I forgot to write it down. Uh, so we're just going to go and confirm that I'm correct. I know it's not a great matchup, uh, but let's get the matchup right. I want to say it's against Green Bay, but... Uh, for some reason, I'm doubting myself. Uh, actually, I think Green Bay was um, uh, was the last one. Yeah, they're home, which is good, against the Chiefs, obviously, which is good. So uh, Trubisky's been bad in high-profile national games, I guess, with the exception of Thanksgiving. Uh, but home in a game like this where Kansas City is definitely, and I think, going to put up plenty of points against Chicago. They're not going to run because Hicks is back in, you know, in the center. So it should be, you know, a passing attack, uh, which should keep, you know, the clock from, from moving too quick. Um, you know, I like this game for its shootout potential, you know, not, not necessarily, but it could happen. So, uh, Trubisky, if you're hurting and you need an upside play at quarterback, eh, you could do worse, you know? Um, uh, Sam Darnold's another option. Don't like the matchup. Obviously, the Jets are going to be locking horns with the Steelers. So you really, if you can avoid really any Jet players this week, Robbie Anderson, you name it, probably good players to avoid. Now, is Robbie a viable, you know, third receiver flex? Sure, absolutely. But uh, you know, if you're looking for typical end of the season big game Robbie, the odds of it happening happening against this Pittsburgh defense when they're going to be able to be they're going to be all over Darnold. So just the Jets getting the ball downfield is going to be tough. Forget about actually making connections. Just getting the ball downfield is going to be tough. So I would be careful with Darnold this week, but, you know, he's viable if you need him. Same thing with Gardner Minshew. Um, The Jaguars are going to be at Atlanta. There's nothing scary about that. Uh, The Giants quarterbacks, we don't know which one is going to be playing, but once we know, um, I think they're an ad. You know, maybe if you're really hurting in certain formats, you could just try to roster both Giants and then just play the starter, whoever that's going to be. Um, 
I think it'll probably be Eli, but uh, they're talking as if Jones could play again, so it's just something to pay attention to. Um, moving down to the running backs, I've got AP uh, up at the top. And, you know, it really, you know, he's, he's over 50% owned. In most good leagues, he's going to be rostered. But he's a better pickup than Boone, which is why I made a point to put him up there, just because you know he's going to be the starter this week. There's No one's going to start over Peterson there. No one's going to get the early juice over him. He looked good last week, scored a really nice touchdown against Philadelphia, showed you he's not completely washed, uh, and this matchup is better. So, you know, Peterson's just a flat-out good start in non-PPR this week, and he's solid in PPR as well. Uh, now, Mike Boone's got a ton of upside, but, you know, there's it, it, it from what I can figure here, that sounds like there's about a 30-40% chance that Dalvin Cook can get ready by Monday, uh, then you probably have a 50% chance that Ale- Alexander Madison could get ready by Monday. Um, so what are the odds that Boone is running as the unopposed starter? It's probably, you know, I, I think the odds on him being the guy is less than 50%. So Boone's an excellent guy to take a chance on, no doubt, but the odds on him hitting for you, you know, I think aren't great, whereas Peterson, you know, he's going to play. Carry on Johnson, uh, soon we'll probably have word on him. I may update his thing today if he's locked in. Uh, It it looks to me like he's probably like 80% to be their starter this week. So he's another obviously really good option uh, for one week. But look, with carry on, we don't know if he's going to be on a snap count, any kind of limitation. He hasn't played in a long time. The Lions don't have anything to play for. So there's problems with carry on Johnson as well. Uh, uh, Boston Scott, um, you know, he's been on the waiver wire now for a couple weeks. You guys know I love Boston Scott. He is not going to get the gig we are hoping maybe last week because, quite frankly, I think he's a better inside runner uh, than Sanders, as I mentioned. But Sanders ran well last week. He's bigger. He's stronger. He, they put a lot of investment into him. So, you know, there's nothing going to flip here. But having said that, uh, you know, it was you – know, let me – I know Scott played a lot. I want to have the exact numbers here. So, um, I, I, I mean, I noticed them on the field together. I'm not sure exactly how much of that there was, but it's obviously really encouraging. Um, yeah, Miles Sanders, 71% of the snaps, Scott, 45 So they were using him doubled up here and there. Um, obviously, the problem here is if Jordan Howard comes back and plays this week. You know, they've been letting this guy practice with a non-contact jersey for a long time. You know, I think that's a less than 50% proposition with Howard. So, uh, you know, Scott could be a guy, particularly in large PPR formats, uh, you know, who could help you a little bit. Um, Okay, Um, who's next? DeAndre Washington, that's an obvious one. Look, um, you know, they played Jacobs last week, even though he's got this injury. I think they probably stay with Jacobs, even though they really shouldn't. Um, but if out of an, of an abundance of caution, they decide to shut Jacobs down as they should, DeAndre Washington would be a great play this week. So everybody picked him up last week thinking he's a start. You know, wouldn't it be sort of ironic if he ends up being the late week option this week? So maybe just get him now or keep, or don't cut him uh, and see how that goes. Uh, Patrick Laird is what he is. He played less last week, 50% share with Gaskin, who in my opinion is the better back. In non-PPR, I'd actually pick up Gaskin, to be honest with you, although that's sort of a guess on my part. Ideally, I don't really want either one of these guys in my championship lineup. Uh, but in PPR, Laird, you know, he's a port in a storm if you happen to be in a storm. Uh, Chris Thompson on Washington, PPR upside, that's what it is. You, you know, he's going to get five or six 
you know, probably, you know, between five and eight targets, probably between four and six catches. So he will score some PPR points, but that's really where it ends. Okay. Uh, Deion Lewis is just a cover your ass move because Derrick Henry has been nursing this hamstring. It was wrapped on the sidelines at various points in the game. So it's something to think about. Obviously the Titans have a lot to play with. So the odds on them benching Henry, unless they have to, are not real good. Um, one guy I should have had on the morning wire, but I just slipped my head, uh, was Rex Burkhead in deep leagues. He's certainly a guy you can take a chance on. Obviously, from a game-to-game uh, standpoint, he can be in, he can be out, he can be a big part of the, um, the game plan, he can be a small part of it. So you never know with Burkhead, uh, but to me, uh, he's among the better options out there this week, and he is owned in very, very few leagues. Uh, Gus Edwards is a guy, really, if you're desperate, uh, game script could get him in uh, You know, as a big part of the second half. He's got some touchdown equity. Tony Pollard looked good last week, looked healthier. He's now a guy who'll probably get five, six, seven, eight touches. Certainly has some upside there. CJ Proceis, you know, I threw Proceis on there really this is like if something weird happens uh, and Carson comes up with like a midweek injury or something like that. Um, you know, last week, ProSites only played 15% of the snaps, was not a big factor. Did get five carries, though, you know, uh, and he did catch a, you know, a ball for 10 yards. So, um, you know, ProSites is a guy maybe to roster if you have Chris Carson, just in case. Um, but in deeper leagues, he doesn't really have much uh, in the way of like, you know, standalone appeal. Um, I may add another back or two, but I got to be honest, it's light out there. We all know who the handcuffs are, and at this point, at late in the week, you can start releasing your handcuffs, really, if, if you've got to fill another kind of spot. Um, wide receivers, I put Slayton in there just because uh, he's like 60-something percent owned uh, in Yahoo, but on the off chance he's available. I love him this week. He's an easy button add. Miller's my next guy over Perryman because I just think Miller's playing so incredibly well. He's something you can count on. If you prefer that big monster game upside that Perryman obviously has coming off a three-touchdown week, I got no problem with you going him over Miller, particularly if it's a non-PPR league. Um, you know, that's really just... Go with your gut on that one. Uh, Zach Pascal's a guy who isn't being talked about because Hilton came back, but the truth of the matter is Hilton only played 50% of the snaps. Pascal was up over 80. So, you know, probably Pascal's going to stay in that high snap rate, but Hilton will probably come up and join him this week. Pascal should be the clear number two, but clear number two is a startable option, okay? So, you know, if you're hurting this week and you need a guy, uh, you know, Pascal versus uh, uh, the Carolina uh, Panthers, and that's in Indianapolis, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, Greg Ward should be the lead receiver again this week. Uh, he's available in a lot of leagues. Probably most of you guys picked him up because he's been on the wire now. Uh, but uh, if he's out there, he can absolutely help you as a third receiver. Uh, the Steelers guys I like quite a bit. They've got a good matchup. Uh, obviously the Jets suck. But the thing is, just I mean, you, you pick one of them up. Maybe you know what you do what you got to do. Um, but there is a factor with Schuster. I don't think he's going to come back the way they've been careful with him. Uh, if they're saving for saving him, maybe it's for the playoffs or something. I don't know. Um, but those guys look to me like they're going to be pretty good plays this week. Um, and back up to the Vikings for a second. I had mentioned I was going to get into that Viking situation uh, on the podcast, and I forgot to get into it. So let's just back up for a sec. Um, you know, in some leagues, Madison probably got dropped. Um, so if Madison is available and Boone is available, um, you know, it's a real power move to just go get both of them. Um, I think Cook probably doesn't play because they've already made the playoffs. So unless they really think Cook is okay, I mean, obviously Minnesota wants to win this game. 
because uh, they're competing, you know, conceivably for a bye. They're not out of it. So, um, you know, it's a game they want to win, but they've also already qualified for the playoffs, and, you know, these other running backs are good. So I think Cook is probably a 70% shot that he's not going to play. So that means either, you know, Madison or Boone is going to be the starter. So if you can get both, that's a power move. Um, so, you know, if you're sitting there with a money advantage over the person you're playing and you know you can get two players before they can get one, if it's like a fab situation, yeah, set up your bidding to get Boone and Madison. And now you really have something uh, special for championship week, and that's particularly special if you're not a Cook team. Um, okay, let's scroll back down to these receivers. Slate, we talked about Miller. We talked about Perryman, Pascal, Ward. Um Cole Beasley, obviously not a guy we want to play this week, but he's got a shot to score against the Patriots. He's going to get one-on-one coverage. He can beat anybody in one-on-one coverage. Uh, Albert Wilson, it was so nice to see him playing uh, a, you know, a, with a big um, snap rate. He's up there around 80%. So uh, he's a guy definitely is worth, I think, a flex play in most, most leagues this week. Um, guys, I will be considering adding to the final wire. Um, I don't know how much of this I'll get around to, but Chris Conley and Keelan Cole, uh, depending on the return of Shark. So that's important. That's one to watch throughout the day. If, if we find out that Shark is long shot to play, then both Conley and Cole are guys we can pick up. If it looks like Shark's going to return, Conley goes down to a flex level play instead of like a light wide receiver three, and Cole goes pretty much off the board. Um, uh, Randall Cobb's a guy you could consider if you're hurting. So's Danny Amendola. Shout out to Hacksaw by saying Amendola was a play last week. He ended up doing some things. Um, a guy I totally overlooked on this morning's wire, my bad, is John Ross, who's who's available in a, in, in a fair amount of leagues and who's got a, a good matchup this week against Miami. Now, Ross didn't didn't play a ton last week, or he didn't do a ton. I think his snap rate was around 50 Um while we're here, let's just double check that. Um, but I, I mean, I know for me, I may have to play Ross in a league. It's brutal, but I might have to do it. Um, so, yeah, Ross only played 25 uh, snaps last week. That's 38%. But it's his first game back. I think there's a really good chance he'll be at 70, 80% of the snaps this week against, you know, a Miami team that just freaking stinks. So, um,. You know, John Ross, really, um, I'm going to, not only am I going to add him to the waiver wire, I may even move him up. I may move him up right behind Perryman, just because I think the upside is is pretty big. Uh, you know, Inkeel Harry uh, is a guy to consider. Alan Lazard on Green Bay is a guy to consider. Hunter Renfro probably returns this week. Uh, he's also uh, a guy to consider. So plenty of receiver options this week. Um, now, let's look down at these tight ends. I may add another tight end or two to the final wire. Um, but the tight ends that we have listed, really none of them stand out as the clear top pick. Uh, Janu Smith I have at the top, but really if you're looking for upside, O.J. Howard could be just as good or better. Uh, Mike Gusecki is sort of the solid play, probably the floor play of the group. Uh, and then Noah Fant, we just have to confirm that he's healthy. Um, if, if he's good to go this week as far as practice is concerned, maybe we get information on that later in the day. Uh, but if he's good to go, um, he's really just as good of a play as anybody here, and he's got um, some ceiling himself. So uh, that's going to do it for this uh, Week 16 edition of the Rotobahn Podcast. Uh, hopefully all you guys are going to kick some ass this weekend. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a typical week uh, with lineup rankings on Friday, a starts article on WEI on Friday, a podcast with Jim Hackett on Friday that goes up late night. 
DFS uh, podcast Saturday, Sunday, along with the rankings update that'll get posted before the 1 p.m. Saturday game. Jim and I will have the Fantasy Football Hour on Sunday morning as always. And once again, for those of you who have not been able to do so, uh, please donate to Rotobon. You can find the donate button on the homepage in the upper right-hand corner. But lastly, good luck to all you guys this week. Let's hang some banners. Let's get it on. You don't have to worry.